Me and Lance Dahl from Locked On Kentucky get in the weeds and we talk all about this football game that is going to be so important for the Ole Miss Rebels and the Kentucky Wildcats. This is a special crossover event of the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are Locked On Ole Miss, your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Thanks again for making our podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast in Kentucky, in Mississippi, anywhere you want to be, you can check them out. It's including YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the upvote button and participate with the comment section and also hit the bell for notifications whenever we release a new video, which at least on my site happens quite frequently. I'm sure Lance has something similar as well. We're doing a little bit of a crossover podcast here with Lance Dahl from LockedOnKentucky.com. How you doing, Lance? Doing good, Stephen. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, I don't know how your show has gone over the last couple of days, but my show, I have, I think I've broken this game down about 13 different directions. I'm not 100% sure. When we get predictions at the end of the show, I'm not even 100% sure where I'm going to land on it then. Um, so maybe this show will help me make up my mind a little bit. But um, I do want to let everybody know that today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online where the game starts. So, Lance, what are the headlines for Kentucky going into this game? Well, I think the most important thing, Stephen, is whether or not Chris Rodriguez, the star running back, who is back from suspension for the Wildcats, whether or not he will be able to perform well in this game. And a lot of that has to do with how the offensive line performs. I think that's the biggest headline for the Wildcats in this game is could Kentucky finally start to get their running game going against this Ole Miss front? Now, I don't know necessarily whether or not they're going to be able to do that. You can tell me a little bit about Ole Miss's defense and their rush uh, rush defense here. But, yeah, Chris Rodriguez has been uh, – serving a suspension for four games to begin this season had over 1300 yards rushing last year in the sec 6.1 yards per pop really 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 good running back kentucky's running game has just kind of been non-existent this year they've been a very one-dimensional offense maybe getting some balance on the road in a very tough environment against a good team would be good for this offense so yeah i think getting him going or at least creating plays where Ole Miss has to at least divert some sort of attention to him so that Kentucky can then focus on the strength of their offense, the passing game, getting him involved in any way, shape, or form, even if he isn't involved, just getting him on the field, I think is probably the biggest headline for the Wildcats. What does he do and can he perform? Yeah, and that that's a big deal on the Ole Miss side of the thing because we've talked about that on two or three shows this week about the importance of basically handling Chris Rodriguez. You don't really stop them, but you might want to just contain him um, and hold him down to a low number of yards. The headline for Ole Miss in this game will be basically, will the passing game come alive? Because Kentucky is going to be able to focus on the run, and Ole Miss is running for about 300 yards a game. This is a very much run-oriented offense at this point. 
But there have been flashes in the passing game, but there is a donut-sized hole that we talk about um, in the middle of the field. Will Jackson Dart utilize the tight ends, something that Kentucky maybe has not prepared for. Maybe the slot receiver comes alive this week. I think that is the headline to watch for Ole Miss in this game. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that Kentucky fans have kind of been focusing in on is, okay, can Ole Miss is obviously a run-first offense. Like you mentioned, they're a top-five rushing team in the country right now up there with some triple-option teams, which is really impressive, especially considering that the, the Rebels play in the SEC. Whether or not Kentucky can stop that first, actually, I think has been a real question mark because, look, this defensive line is solid. You look at Kentucky's defense from top to bottom, I think it's a really sound unit. But... I have not seen this defensive line have to be put in a situation against a really, really good rush offense yet this season. And I know people are going to say Florida's really, really good at running the football. That was a little bit of a different story. And honestly, I think I trust Ole Miss's offensive line just a little bit better, uh, more than the Gators. So I think it's a little bit different of a dynamic there. Whether or not the defensive line can play well is the huge question mark. I have faith in Kentucky's linebackers. I think they're going to play really, really close to the line of scrimmage in this game and try and shut that run game down. But I think that's the question for me, Stephen, is not necessarily whether or not Ole Miss can open up the passing game because from our perspective, Lane Kiffin, really, really good play caller. I think if he needs to get Jackson Dart in some areas where he has to throw the ball downfield, I think Ole Miss can execute. It's just whether or not that first level of the offense, whether or not the Wildcats can stop that. And to be honest with you, I don't have a surefire answer as to whether or not they can. I think this weekend is going to be a really big – it's going to – there are going to be a lot of different things answered for the Wildcats this weekend, and I think that's one of them for sure. So how how's the fan base responded to this ga- that game against Northern Illinois Saturday? Because Ole Miss's fans, they kind of melted down for about 36 hours, got focused on Kentucky, saw the pretty helmets – and the uniforms that were going to happen for this weekend and kind of moved on to Kentucky pretty quick. How has the Kentucky reaction been? I think it's been, to be honest with you, I've had Ole Miss fans come to my page and say similar things to what our fans have said, which is I think that this was a look-ahead type of game for the Wildcats, and I saw a few Ole Miss fans in my comments saying similar things. Is I, I believe that for Ole Miss against Tulsa this past Saturday and for Kentucky against Northern Illinois, this was one of those matchups where you're looking ahead to a really, really big game uh, a week later, so you're not necessarily focusing on your opponent. For me personally, I think it's just a, a reiteration of some of Kentucky's issues that they've had, not just this season, but for the past several years. They just struggle in non-conference play at times, specifically against MAC opponents. I don't know why. It's just something that they've had an issue with. Northern Illinois, not the most impressive MAC team, actually probably one of the better teams in that conference, but still on paper, they were with with their backup quarterback. They were able to put up nine points in the fourth quarter, almost recovered an onside onside kick to potentially drive and win that game. Um, For me personally, it was one of those where it's like, I'm not necessarily freaking out because I've seen this so many times before, but it it is a concern. I mean, you can't just brush over it and say, well, it's just a look-ahead game. No, let's let's address these issues heading into a top-15 matchup on the road because there's some major problems that could arise in that game that could cost you that game. So I think the overall tone from the fan base wasn't necessarily freak out. It was for a little bit, I think, for just a second there, but most people kind of tried to brush that aside and similar to your fan base kind of said, okay, let's get focused for this game coming up this weekend. To be honest with you, 
Ole Miss is struggling as well. So who's to say that there's there's team that there's one team in this matchup that should be strongly favored or has a ton of momentum heading into it? Yeah, if you look down below, our, um, Ole Miss is currently favored at six and a half points. The over under is at fifty four and a half points. Um, I told you last week the rule with Ole Miss is bet the under, and you said we would discuss this on the crossover. Um, what's your opinion on that over-under number? To be honest with you, I think a lot of it has to do with whether or not Kentucky can actually get their passing game going. If the, How these two offenses utilize their strengths. I think if Kentucky can throw the ball and Ole Miss can run the ball somewhat effectively, I think you hit the uh, over there. Now, you maybe disagree with me. You may be thinking that this is a little bit more of a defensive affair, but I think that these right now, these two defensive units, they're sound statistically. You look at their numbers. They're good. I, both, I believe both these teams are in the top 15 in scoring. They're in the top 25, top 30, and other defensive categories but they've not necessarily been tested now you may disagree with that I mean these two teams haven't played really really good competition and some Kentucky fans out there listening to me may say again like Florida that's not a top 25 team Ole Miss is a top 15 team they are they are legitimate so this is a this is both these teams first real test of the year we're going to find out a lot about these two defenses and I think they will find mismatches against each other and I think they will find ways to put up points weird things happen in 11 a.m games we've seen that with Ole Miss in the past if I'm not mistaken yeah um absolutely and this game what I'm thinking on this over under is Kentucky is going to play slow <coughs> fairly slow they lead yes. the nation I think they lead the nation in time of possession or they're fairly close they're averaging like 33 minutes a game so instead of 14 possessions it's probably going to cut down to 10 um and the explosiveness of Ole Miss hasn't really been there this year. So Ole Miss is going to use some clock as well. So I'm thinking this game, just looking at it, and I'm not going to give out which way I'm going yet, but 24 to 17, 24-20 kind of just feels right. Okay. Yeah, I can get behind that. I can get behind mm-hmm. that. And by the way, just an interesting note about pacing, if you want to talk about for the, that for a second. Kentucky is top 15 nationally in time mm-hmm. of possession. Ole Miss, actually, I had this written down in my notes before we started this uh, this crossover, 125th in mm-hmm. time of possession nationally. They score quick. Now, again, they haven't played anybody yet, but that offense can score quick, which is interesting considering they like to run the ball. So they get up there, they get to the line, they run those plays quick, they establish the ground game. It's going to be interesting to see how these two teams handle each other and how they handle the pacing. And this is something that I talked about on yesterday's episode. Actually, excuse me, this was a couple of days ago. Hmm. I think Kentucky, I agree with you, I think the pacing in this game and how these two teams control each other on third down is going to be really important. Now, I don't think Kentucky's going to be grounding and pounding and using Chris Rodriguez every other play. They may do that. I may be wrong. But I don't think they're going to because of the offensive line limitations. I think they will take their time but it's going to be through the air. I think they are going to try and hit their short to intermediate passes. Ole Miss, if I'm not mistaken, likes to play that type of 4-2-6 type of look. I know they did that a lot against Georgia Tech when they were trying to prohibit the explosive pass play. Kentucky's in the top 10 nationally in yards per attempt with a little over 10 on average. So I think Ole Miss may see similar things, or we may see Ole Miss do similar things defensively in this game. Kentucky finds those holes across the middle on these short uh, and out short yardage out routes, control the pace, slow it down, make sure Ole Miss doesn't get the ball as much because that offense is lethal. Again, I know they haven't played anybody significant, but it is lethal. So I agree with you. Yeah, pacing of this game, I think is going to be very important. Yeah. And has Kentucky played somebody that has ran like this three, two, six, this three safety defense 
that has been made famous by Iowa State and Baylor over the years? Have y'all played a, a team that did that? To be honest with you, I've not paid attention to defensive mm -hmm. scheme leading up until this matchup. I start, I finally started watching a little bit of Ole Miss film heading into this week because I'm like, okay, we're heading into the second SEC game of the year. This is going to be huge. Let's break this down a little bit further because, to be honest with you, it's Kentucky's three of Kentucky's first four games have not necessarily needed extreme in-depth analysis because of the talent gap. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know what I'm saying that as a Kentucky fan, you know, everybody wants to talk about St. Peter's. So maybe I should take every team seriously from here on out. But uh, yeah, it's been one of those where I've not necessarily felt the need to dive into scheme, but Ole Miss is interesting because they've had a, a defensive renaissance over the past couple of years. And this year so far, they've been really good. Yeah. It, basically the reason I bring this up is because the first time a quarterback sees this defense, they struggle. The first time that Matt Corral, really saw this defense was up at Arkansas and he threw six interceptions it the it can affect quarterbacks in different ways now your offensive coordinator I think is from the San Francisco 49ers is going to look real similar to that Kyle Shanahan stuff so it may not have that of effect of what they're doing but it will limit the windows of throwing the ball downfield and if Will Levis who has been interception prone this year he's got four picks this season that could be a problem for the Wildcats that I, that I see developing down the road. Yeah, absolutely. This offense, you know, to be honest with you, Kentucky's not been great in terms of turnover margin over the past couple of years. And I've said it on my show, Will Levis, in these games against legitimate competition, he's good for at least one interception. It doesn't matter who it is. If it's a Power 5 school, he's good for at least one pick. It's just a matter of whether or not it truly affects the Wildcats. But, yeah, like you said, that 425-326 look, Mississippi State – if I'm not mistaken, runs a similar type of defense. And to be honest with you, that may have been one of Levis's worst games last season and a blowout loss to Mississippi State on the road. So if that carries any weight heading into this matchup, you know, it's going to be big. Uh, the fans are going to be there in full force. It's going to be loud. It's going to be early. I'm curious to see how that affects him. All right. Hey, let's hear from betonline.net. Um, all about betonline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. As you can see below, Ole Miss is a six and a half point favorite over Kentucky and the over-unders at 54 and a half points. That line and all lines on this show are brought to you by betonline.net. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sport wagering information and with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, golf, and MLS. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. It's BetOnline. It's where the game starts. So, Thank you very much for making our show your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Do me a favor. Go to iTunes and Spotify and leave a five-star review. You can say whatever you want to say. Just make sure there's a five-star review down there. If you look at the Google machine right now, you can hop up there and put in Ole Miss Podcast, and the top one that comes up is the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. That's what we want. That's why we're asking you to do this. So please give us a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. So Lance, we talked in the first segment about the headlines for each team going into this game. Let's talk a little bit about the keys to winning the game. How do you think, what does Kentucky have to do really well to come into Oxford and get the W? 
Well, I think, like I mentioned earlier, if we're going to go back to pacing and third down, third down specifically, I think, is where this game is not necessarily going to be won, but it's going to be a key to this game. Ole Miss, really, really good at running the ball. I think they're going to find themselves in some third and short, third and medium situations where Kentucky is going to have to be able to, to just plug holes and stop things, and they've got to be able to be good on third down. The Wildcats so far this year, they're sixth nationally in opponent third down conversion percentage. Uh, when you look at Ole Miss on the defensive side of the ball, they're 30th nationally in opponent third down conversion percentage. So these two teams know how to get off the field. I think that's going to be really, really important in this matchup. But looking specifically on the Wildcats side of things, just making sure that these linebackers for the Wildcats, Jordan Wright, Jacques Jones, former Ole Miss player actually, mm -hmm. and uh, DeAndre Square, they're able to be able to get to the line of scrimmage get to their gaps, get to their assignments, and stop this rushing attack. If I'm not mistaken, Stephen, y'all don't just have one guy. You don't have two guys, but the quarterback gets into the, the rushing attack a little bit as well. Jackson Dart has over 200 rushing yards on the season. So, yeah, it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be tough on third down. The Wildcats are going to have to step up and make plays, and then vice versa. This Kentucky passing offense is legitimate. You're dealing with a potential future NFL quarterback back there and Will Levis. Whether or not he's a first overall pick, first-round pick can be debated. I don't necessarily know what, what camp I'm in right now. I just know that he's a good quarterback nonetheless. So being able to make sure that he is contained, sending a little pressure on third down, I think is going to be important. But, yeah, I think that's going to be the biggest down of the game. It's one of the keys for sure. Yeah, my key to the um, this game in particular is the trenches. You can watch the trenches and determine how this game is going to go. If Ole Miss's offensive line is having their way with Kentucky's defensive line, it's probably going to be a good day. Ole Miss's defensive line needs to pressure Will Levis. They need to contain Chris Rodriguez. If that happens, you might be looking at a situation where Ole Miss doesn't win by seven points. They win by 14 or 20 points because that is such a major key. Because in this conference, you can do all of this window dressing you want to do. But if you're not good in the trenches – it will show itself in games like this, I think. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the big things that people talk about is you can't win in the SEC unless you have good trench play. And that's actually one of my keys as well. How Kentucky's offensive line and how Ole Miss's offensive line operate against each other. This Kentucky offensive line, just to be honest with you, it's been bad. Like, it's been really bad. You look at PFF numbers, you look at raw stats, you just watch them. They've not been great so far this season. Kentucky is one of the worst teams in the nation in terms of yards per carry and total rushing yards per game. They're sitting at about 80 right now per contest, which is really, really not good. And you talk about the pass protection. Will Levis was sacked five times last week against Northern Illinois. Five times. You would like to think that Ole Miss, given their talent, and given the fact that it is a home game for them, they're going to be sending a little pressure and they're going to be getting home as well. How Kentucky's offensive line holds up against this Ole Miss front is going to be really interesting to me. I think it's a huge, huge key because if Kentucky can't score and Ole Miss is going at light speed and they're putting up points on the board and you're having to come from behind and you're having to throw, you're going to see a lot of situations in this game where Ole Miss can pin their ears back and just get to Will Levis. I think they could be able to do it consistently. So, yeah, the trenches, I think, are going to be huge in this matchup. Yeah, the other key that I see for Ole Miss in this game is the middle of the field in the pass game. Ole Miss, if you remember, even back in 2020 when that Ole Miss-Kentucky game was played, they used um, Kenny Yeboah in the tight end over the middle field. Elijah Moore made a living in that part. But this part, so far this season – there's, like I said, a donut-sized hole around the middle of the field, about 15 yards in. That is going to allow the linebackers to really force up and play the run because they don't have to worry about getting beat behind them. 
it, you need to do that whenever you start playing teams with the caliber of Kentucky's linebackers. Kentucky has a really good defense. Mark Stoops has done a heck of a job. He basically, in my opinion, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but he's basically done at Kentucky what Rich Brooks tried to do. He was actually successful doing it. And now Kentucky has a complete identity, but now you're going to have to really worry about other teams coming in to get Mark Stoops. It's one of those things. He's definitely in the shop window now. He is that 50% off at Macy's or Bloomingdale's or whatever, and everybody's like, ooh, I, I want that. So now Kentucky's going to have to deal with that um, because – they're just a good team. They're just really solid. Other than the offensive line that I've seen, they're really solid at every other position. Yeah, to be honest with you, this is something that we talked about just a couple of days ago on my show, just talking about Mark Stoops and this coaching staff as a whole. But I took it from a different perspective. I know that Mark Stoops, Mark Stoops has, deserved, has earned the credit and the praise that he has received. But I think you have to look elsewhere on this staff and look at the other people that he has hired and kind of brought on to this program that are really also making things successful right now. And so I think one of the keys in this game is not only how does the coaching staff as a whole, how does Mark Stoops handle this game, but also defensive coordinator Brad White. You talk about this team having an identity and being complete outside of the offensive line. That defense, like I mentioned, from top to bottom, has been strong this season. The secondary play is significantly improved compared to what it was last year. Like I said, Kentucky's got a big three at linebacker that they really, really like. The defensive line from a PFF standpoint has actually been pretty decent as far as pass rush and run stopping goes. So from top to bottom, this is a really good unit. They play well together. They're sound. They're cohesive. They've not done a phenomenal job of creating turnovers uh, underneath defensive coordinator Brad Wright, but uh, Brad White, excuse me, but they've already got four takeaways this year. I think it's going to be important to see how this coaching staff kind of helps this team along despite some maybe some uh, ineptitude in certain areas. And I'm specifically talking about the offensive line. But, yeah, how Kentucky's coaching staff handles this game and how Ole Miss's coaching staff handles mm -hmm. it as well. You know, you've got to be able to wonder what does Lane Kiffin, what does the offense try and dial up? against this really sound defense. Like you said, how do they attack the middle of the field? You look for different matchups and, and mismatches on the outside. I definitely think that Ole Miss has some skill position players that can't necessarily have their way with Kentucky, but could definitely be spotlights in this game. So yeah, coaching I think is going to be huge. There was, some, there was a discussion recently on my show as to whether or not Kentucky is a top seven team in the country because a lot of people want to push back on that. I think it's fair. I think it's fair for people to push back on that. Right now, I think it's a top 15 kind of team. If you were to do a power rating, not a power rankings uh, system or do an AP poll, but because of their uh, strength of schedule, because of who they've beaten, I, I think the momentum has just kind of risen them to this spot. This weekend, we're going to get to see if once again, the coaching staff can bail this team out of not necessarily a talent deficiency, but a tough spot. It's a tough game. Yeah, and I, I do think um, with this ranking, everybody's looking at it. For, Kentucky gets the benefit of the doubt for beating Florida after the media completely overreacted um, to Florida beating Utah. I mean, that that is the reason Kentucky made that jump, because if you look in the preseason, they were basically right beside Ole Miss. And right now, Ole Miss is 11, and they've kind of had a similar trajectory, but that win over Florida is carrying a little bit away. This is going to be a big game, and everybody looks at Vegas. I've, I've seen calls for upsets with Kentucky winning, and it's like, hey, Kentucky's ranked seventh or eighth in the country, and they're like, but they're underdogs, and it's like that 
doesn't matter. If Kentucky wins, the polls were right, if you guys realize that. If Vegas, if Ole Miss wins, Vegas was right. It, that it's They're almost against each other at this point. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And and to be honest with you, I think that this game is going to be it's going to be telling, you know, if we're going to if we're going to try and pick sides here and predict who was right. I think it's going to be telling for Kentucky moving forward. I think it's going to be pr- telling for both of these teams cuz like we've said, it's their first true competition so far this year. So, after this weekend, I think you can start to really answer some of the questions as to whether or not, you know, Kentucky's legitimate, if they deserve to be a top 10 team, if the preseason ranking was more accurate, whether or not Vegas has been right so far. We're going to speculate on it for the next few days, Stephen, but we're going to really get some answers come Saturday at 11 a.m. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, let's take a short break. When we come back, we will give you our thoughts on how the game's going to go. Stick around. All right, thanks for making our podcast the first listen every day. We're free and wherever you get your podcast. I'm here with Lance Daw. Um, I'm Stephen Willis, and now we are going to talk about our final thoughts on the game and give a prediction as well. So, Lance, crystal ball time. What do you see happening? Give me a score. Right now, I, I think my biggest thing that I'm watching is whether or not this Kentucky offensive line, I know I've talked a lot about the Wildcats and what they can do, but I want to give props to Ole Miss. They've come a long ways in a lot of different areas that, to be honest with you, heading into this season I didn't think was possible. With the hodgepodge of transfer, transfers that, that they brought in, my question was whether or not they could kind of glue it all together. They have thus far this season. They've looked in really impressive in some areas I didn't think they could. That ground game is really, really impressive so far this year. But whether or not... Kentucky's offensive line can hold up against this group I think is going to be the big thing I right now am leaning towards an Ole Miss win and I think it's gonna be close but I think there is plenty there to predict a Kentucky win for this weekend I'm also partially predicting Ole Miss to win because I picked Florida to beat Kentucky and Kentucky (laughs) won so I think I'm just gonna predict the Wildcats to lose every single game from here on out and they'll they'll be able to pick up tubs so yeah I think Ole Miss close at home I think they've got a lot going for them right now. I think Vegas knows a little something after that line opened up. I believe it was like three or four, and it's now ju- it jumped to seven, came back down to six and a half. I think they know a little something. Give me Ole Miss by three, four, or a touchdown. I think the Wildcats, though, definitely have more than enough to win this game, but it all comes down to whether or not that offensive line can perform. Yeah, one thing that we have to look for on the Ole Miss side of things is operationally they need to be clean. I've, I've preached this on my show over the last couple of days. The snaps need to be there. Do not turn the ball over. No reckless penalties. The players will be amped up. This will be the biggest game Ole Miss has played this season. Kentucky has gone down to Florida. That was a big game at the time and was able to get the win. Um, Keytron Smith, another Ole Miss transfer, with the yep. pick six that kind of put it away. Um, Kentucky is a very, very good team. And for Ole Miss to get to where they want to be, Kentucky being eighth, Ole Miss being 11th, Ole Miss needs to win this game from time to time. You need to stop that. The mindset's going on. We we talk about that in um, tomorrow's show. So I think Ole Miss wins this game 24-20-ish. to um, I think Jackson Dart has a decent day. It's kind of a coming out party for him. Kentucky does a decent job in the red zone, um, and and they slow the game down. But it's like 20, 24 to twenty is how I see this game going for Ole Miss. I'll give I'll give a score prediction thirty to twenty seven. 
in favor of Ole Miss is what I'll say. I think the over barely hits there, but yeah, I think it's going to be a close contest. Yeah, should be a lot of fun. Before we get out of here, any other um, with the other games that are going on the SEC this weekend, anything you're looking for? I think that something to keep an eye on if we're going to talk about a little bit of drama is is keeping an eye on what happens in Auburn, Alabama. It could be Brian Harson's final game as an Auburn Tiger. I think that will be a game to keep an eye on. You always have to keep an eye on what's going on with Alabama. I believe they play Arkansas this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's going to be an interesting game. The line there at 17 and a half. Look, I know Arkansas didn't look particularly impressive against Texas A&M. Look, Alabama struggled at times this year as well. I, I have a hard time taking Alabama to win that game and to cover. And then the final game here, I think Texas A&M and Mississippi State should also be a fun contest. That's a game the Bulldogs won last year. wonder if they can pull it off again this time, that game being played in Starkville. Should be a lot of fun. The one thing that I'm looking for, does Brian Harson coach his last game and then the competition between Georgia Tech and Auburn really heats up for Coach Prime down at Jackson State. I, I, Dude, I think he's going to go to one of them. It's going to be one of the two. I feel like it's just the question of who can get to him first. It's going to be interesting to see that type of bout. Who, what, I've seen so many different things. Before we get out of here, I know this is not mm. relevant to Kentucky versus Ole Miss. Yeah. Do you think that Coach Prime is a better fit for Auburn or for Georgia or Georgia, Georgia Tech? Georgia Tech, absolutely, without so? a doubt. Okay. Yeah, because he is Mr. Atlanta. I think so. I think, the man, if you want to talk about recruiting and mm-hmm. revitalizing that program and bringing in some NIL and some swagger, I mean, you could turn that thing around. You could turn it around quick. Yeah, that that would be so damaging for Auburn and Georgia's recruiting, just having him at Georgia Tech doing all this major recruiting. It would be interesting. I'm not saying Georgia Tech is going to be dominant, but in the recruiting side, it, it's it's going to be a little bit of a game changer. Yeah, absolutely. It has a chance to take off quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Before, okay, so let's get more on the SEC by making Locked On SEC your second listen. Everyday host Chris Gordy and his local experts of Locked On take you across the SEC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On SEC your second listen. Hey, Lance, thanks for stopping by. This was a lot of fun. Um, if you're going to the game, good luck to you. If not, um, be safe anyway and have a good time and don't enjoy the game too much. Yes, sir. Absolutely. It's going to be really, really fun. Thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me. All right. Take care, bud.